So we have God's promise that he will listen to our prayers, especially our prayers because we come in the name of Jesus, his son. And Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And if you ask the Father in my name, I will do what you ask. So we need to have our faith out there and stand on God's word. So if we'll stand, we're going to go to prayer this morning. But before that, I'm going to read about seven verses out of John's Gospel, chapter 5, starting in verse 19. The, the title in my Bible says, The Authority of the Son. Jesus had just healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. Jews were upset with him because he did something on the Sabbath and because he said that the God was his father. And this is his reply. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for what he does, for whatever the father does, likewise the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all men should honor the Son. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death into life truly I say to you the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live or as the father has life in himself so he has given to the son to give him life in himself and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. So let us rejoice in our relationship with God because Jesus, the son of the living God, is seated at the right hand and making intercession for us this morning. Father, we come to you with an open heart, a grateful heart, a rejoicing heart, full of praise and honor and glory to your name. For we lift up the name of Jesus this morning above every name, above all circumstances, above all oppression, above all depression, above all of the power of the enemy, of all darkness, Lord, we thank you for Jesus, who is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And Father, we come to you in his name this morning to lift these that need a touch from you, all these that are listed on our bulletin, Father, each one individually, you know their need. And those that are not listed here, Father, members of our family that need, that need to know you, and those in our community who are walking in darkness, Lord, we pray that you would open their eyes, that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear the truth of your word for the salvation that we have in Jesus, your son. So we thank you for this glorious day that, we've give, that you've given us to come to you, to praise you and to magnify your name, for you are the most high God and you are faithful and true. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Jehovah, he's seated on the throne. Abba, Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and is and shall be forevermore. Oh, Amen. Amen. 
feel this in my spirit. Oh, I can wash away my sin. Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other clouds I know. I'm going to do an infomercial while this movement's happening right now. Um, so you got in your bulletin a notice about a digital upgrade that we're working on. So we've started that process. We're starting to order the items that we need. We didn't want you to be uninformed, so we listed out what all we're getting. Computers, camera, lens, all that type of stuff. Look at it in your bu bulletin. If you can help us with that, you can give towards it. We just encourage you to make a note on online what that gives towards digital upgrade, or if you write a check, put it in that form, or if you're giving cash in an envelope, you write on there digital upgrade. We're going to funnel that all towards that cost. Uh, it sounds like a big cost, but for what it's going to do for our online platform as and our, our campus that's out there that's watching online, as well as the other things that will happen in here, it will be well worth it. It's time, so we're excited about it. Amen? Uh, Barry. Yes. Good morning, everybody. This morning, we are going to honor our graduates. We have two uh, graduating seniors, uh, Raquel Freeman and Monica George. We are so excited about them. And I have the privilege of just telling you a little bit about both of them or saying something about them. Um, First, Raquel has come to us, and don't judge him by who he dates, um, but <laughs> he is fairly new to us, and we're new to him, but he has just jumped right in, and we just feel like he is family. This young man is going places. He has a scholarship to Lane University in Tennessee for playing baseball, Amen. and so we just feel like... We just feel like God is going to use him on that sports team and give him a platform to lift up the name of Jesus there. So we're going to pray later for him to be blessed. And our very own Monica, what can we say about Monica? I was thinking about Monica this morning because um, I can't believe she's graduating. You know, she just I just remember when she first came here, um, she was so quiet. She's still kind of quiet. Um, and, <laughs> no. um, but... I will tell you what Monica has, a true servant's heart. There is nothing that anyone has ever asked Monica to do that she said no. And I don't know if you know this, but if you don't see her in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, she goes back with Miss Nona and is the aide for the three and four-year-olds. And I'll tell you what, I don't know many high school students 
that would be so selfless because one of the mine is back there and the other one used to be back there and it ain't easy we're friends um so I'm just telling you she has just always got a smile and always has a kind word always has a a really if you need a hug this morning and you're not sick go hug Monica she's a great hugger but we just want to say how much how proud we are of these um, two young people and we know God has a plan for them yes. and we can see it forming and uh, later after Barry speaks we're gonna we're gonna pray for these young people but I want to admonish this church uh, this is the hard time it is easy in high school they have stuff going on and the friends this is the time where they need this church family the most yeah. and and even if Raquel is in Tennessee we can pray with him uh, Monica will be going to Jeff State is that right Jeff State Howard State one of the states um, <laughs> but we're going to pray for her because this is a time in young people's life where the world tells them you got to make a plan you got to make a plan you got to and they feel overwhelmed and they can get off track but I just encourage you to keep these two in your prayers and lift them up and uh, not just your prayers give them one of those Pentecostal handshakes grab a 20 every now and then and hand it to them I'm not kidding because uh, this is a tough time in a young person's life but this church has been so wonderful about that and I'm going to give it over to She can wing it. I have to write it all down. <clears throat> but uh, I have a, a strong sense of what happens after high school because that's where um, statistically 70% of students, 70% of students after, after they graduate high school stop attending church. 70%. How high? That's so high. And it's because they, you get in with new people and new experiences and you kind of forget where you come from and you kind of think, I missed out on all this. Like, that's kind of what you feel, but I wrote down, I was one of those statistics. I was raised in church. And some of the students, you know, that we'll, we'll see come through this church, I'm believing, you know, they may not have been raised in church. <clears throat> but I was raised in church, and as soon as I graduated high school, I just started learning and doing my own thing. I gave no weight to the Word of God. I gave no weight to church and the spiritual upbringing that I had been given. But I wrote down, I've never been more lonely, sad, depressed, unfulfilled than at that time. And it's because we have a hole inside of us that only the Lord can fill. Yeah. And I thank Jesus every day that he kept putting people in my life who were spirit-filled believers who would encourage me, hey, you need to be back in church. And I don't know if you know my testimony, but a friend of, of mine and Jessica's passed away. And the Spirit of God prompted her at his funeral come and just say hey he loved you he loved you and man just those few words brought me back into the fold amen it wasn't anything that Jessica did it was the spirit moving her and that's what we have to be willing to do is when the spirit prompts us to move but 
Mikhail and Monica, you're about to experience new things. You're about to meet new people. You've been in high school and you've been in a very structured environment. And now you're going to be structuring your own environment. And you have to be disciplined. And that's what I try to preach to you guys every Wednesday night. And, and in our, my example to, to our students is you have to be grounded in the word of God. And that's why we're giving you Bibles today. You may have 20 Bibles already, but I'm going to give you another one because there's nothing as important as the word of God. In the word of God, it tells us <clears throat> who we are. We are children of God. It tells us where we come from. It tells us all the benefits that we have, including salvation and the Holy Spirit baptism and his indwelling power. It gives us purpose and how to live our life to the fullest. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Those are the words of Christ. It may not be what you think of it in terms of American society. That's not a fulfilled life. Money, we're giving you a little bit of money, <laughs> gift card. It will go away like that. It'll be gone, probably on Amazon or Walmart. <clears throat> but we all, at every in, at instance in our lives, allow influence. Something's going to be influencing you one way or the other. It may be someone on Instagram, TikTok, maybe politics. It may be business. But I implore you <clears throat> to let the word be your main influencer in your life. View the world through the lens of the gospel and study the scriptures so that you won't be embarrassed or ashamed and so that you can rightly divide the word of truth. Everybody has their own version of the truth, but there's only one truth. It's found in the Bible. Mikhail, find a local body of believers in Tennessee. It's important. You may think it's boring. We'll help you find somebody. We'll help you give, give you a list of churches. There's Pentecostal Bible field believing churches in Jackson, Tennessee. You need to you need to plug in. If you don't, something else is going to be influencing you. Uh, it's a place to worship and where you can be challenged spiritually. Monica, if you ever move on, the same goes for you. Plug in the churches. Keep plugged in. Keep serving. Jessica touched on it earlier, but I want to give you a personal thing. You've taught both my daughters. You're a toddler. There's nothing like hearing my little girl say, this is the Bible. Half the Bible, the Bible is God's word. Right? There's nothing more important. Pastor Wooten talked about last week, those word, that's word, it's seed. And it may not come to full bloom until later in life. I departed from the faith and then I came back, but the Lord reminds me constantly of all the word that was taught to me when I was in school. I went to Awanas. We, we don't have Awanas in, in assemblies. We have Royal Rangers and Michonette, Michonettes. But I can recall all those scripture, and it's like a treasure chest that the Lord filled in my heart when I was a kid. So keep doing that, Monica. These girls will remember it. Um, at this time, I'd, I'd like to ask the students to come up and, and get their gifts, but I also want the families and friends to surround them. So y'all come on.
and I'm going to get the church to come up as well. Yeah, come to, come to the front here, Monica. Adam, Tabitha, girls, surround, surround Monica. Raquel, Mackenzie, get behind. Pastor, if you would. Um, and church, I need you all to stand up. This, I'm, I'm, this is a picture of what the church is to be for all of our students. From my daughter, who's four years old, when we do baby dedication. This is a picture. It's a constant picture of what we are to be as a surrounding hedge, right? Because you're going to go through times of rejoicing, and you're going to go through times of mourning. It's just a fact of life. But this picture here, this is the body of Christ, right? This is the direct representation of what Christ is to be to all members, young and old, who are going through different things. And you're, we're to hold them up in prayer. I don't know everybody that I went to high school with anymore. They had gone on. But I can, I've woken up in the middle of the night with their names on my mind. And I remember, I remember specifically, boy, I went to high school with his name was Ryan. Lord woke me up when I was very young. I mean, uh, in Mobile. He just put, he didn't tell me what it was about, but he, he told me, pray for Ryan. I don't know what he was going through. I said, I may never know until I reach heaven. But I did it. And church, you may at some point have their names put on your heart. Pray for them when that happens. Pray for them when that doesn't happen. But when that happens, pray for them. And at this time, let's, let's pray.
know if all of you can remember back when you graduated from high school and how the world looked and what your thoughts and plans were. I had no idea what God had in store for me. I'm sure you didn't have any idea what God had in store for you. So it's so important to walk forward with the Lord in everything we do and have that foundation. So we not only rejoice with and celebrate this day for them, but uh, we also uh, pray over them that their future would be directed by God in everything they do, that he would show them the way to go. With that, I'm going to ask our ushers if they'd come forward. Now, Pastor already mentioned it, but we do have an, uh, uh, an insert in the bulletin about our digital upgrade. So in addition to the tithes and offerings that you want to give to uh, or when you give to support this renovation, please mark that on your giving so that we know we can set it aside for that purpose. So I think everybody's enjoyed the uh, upgrades and that we've done with the music uh, equipment and all the things of blessing. This has a potential for really being a blessing to many, many people, including us. And so uh, we just need to make sure that we're faithful in that because God is the one who gives us the power to get wealth. And so uh, we give back to him acknowledging that he is supplying all of our needs. So with that, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all your faithfulness and all your goodness, Lord. We thank you for these two people that are graduating. We thank you for life. We thank you that you give us everything we need for life and godliness. And so, Father, we thank you that you've given us the finances that we need for our families, but now we give back to you. We plant this seed into your kingdom, Lord. Cause it to grow. Cause it to bring a great harvest of souls and let your name be glorified. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Sometimes I don't think we understand how important it is for us to be faithful in that prayer, in that prayer life for all the people that are on the 
that need a prayer from the Lord and all the peace that God brings to your mind. But uh, prayer is very, very important. And so I want to encourage everyone to do that. God sees us when we do and we're faithful to do those things. So at this time, we're going to let our children that have not graduated from high school go to the Sunday school class. You didn't get to see all the grins I got to see. Alrighty, so we're going to step back to the tomb and feed our hearts. So first, I just want to quickly say that Debbie and I are so thankful so thankful for the work that we, that just the servants that we have across the board at uh, Evangel in so many forms and fashions, but especially today, I just want to say how thankful we are for uh, our, our youth leaders uh, and servants, for uh, Barry and Jessica and all they do. Can we give them a hand? I know we're clapping a lot today. So I'm, I'm going to tell this story, and then I'm going to address the graduates. I called Barry Wednesday. Hey, man, what's, what's Sunday look like? Let's talk about it. So we talked a bit. I said, man, that sounds awesome. I said, have you thought about preaching? He laughed way louder than he did just then. I said, no, seriously, man. I, I mean, youth, youth pastors, I mean, that's a great day to preach on the day we're doing graduation. No, he laughed again. No, no. So I said, okay. I said, uh, how much, I mean, I just, I mean, it's Wednesday, Sunday, three days. That's a little short. How about, what? how much lead time? A week, two weeks? Uh, I said, how about next year? He said, next year. How many of y'all think he could have good, did a good job giving the word just a minute ago? Amen? I mean, come on, guys. He's ready. We're fixing to cut him loose. Okay. Not, not from his ministry. I'm talking about two ministers. Okay. So I, I, I also want to take a second. Okay, so I'm going to. This, this, I'm totally not going to be as good as Barry was on what he did. I'm going a whole different direction for our graduates. We appreciate them. Monica had to go and do work, so you're getting the whole load, Raquel. It's all you, bro. Okay. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I want to give you seven things no one tells you when you graduate. Okay. I'm gonna, and they're going to be quick. You don't even have to take notes. I mean, this is going. This is going to be. It's going to come at you. Okay. And, and if this applies to any one of you who are the old timers. Oh, I got two laughs. Everybody else who's not in school, if this fits you, it's okay to clap, laugh, ugh, groan, whatever you need to do, okay? So number one, number one, adulthood is way more fun than adults make it out to be. Number one. Why do I say that? Because we always go, uh, <laughs> welcome to the real world. Listen. We can be so negative towards our graduates, but I'm saying to you, Raquel, and I'm, I would say to Monica, and I'll share with her at some point, hey, look, the fact is, it is really cool to become an adult. I mean, I, I don't want to go back to where you are. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I, still, I, I like being an adult, and so as you transfer, tra you're in this transition time, accept that role. And, number and, and a part of that, I'd say to this, is... Don't let the people who don't like their life color yours, okay? So number two, um, your next 10 years, and I'm going to go ahead and throw in, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. 
when you graduate college, because it probably won't affect you right now because you're fixing to go to college and some of what I'm going to talk about fits here, but your next 10 years are probably going to be the longest years of your life. And the reason I say that is because leaving school, and I know that sounds real negative, and I just told him not to have to fool with people who are negative, but, but here's the reason I say that. Leaving school is leaving the tightest concentration of people your age that you'll ever be connected with. I mean, you're leaving people that you've been to school with all your life. Y'all see each other five days a week until last year, and then you had to go online to see each other. But, but the whole point is there's been this relationship that you've built. So I, I, all I'm saying here is uh, you, 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 you don't know, we don't typically know a lot of people outside of that structure, and because of that, it's, it's a challenge when we get disconnected from it. So my word and my advice to you is make an effort to connect. Connect with the people you're fixing to become part of in school. Everybody agrees we got to work to connect. We have a role in it. It's an effort on our part. Number three, don't spend all your time with slackers and wonder why you can't find a great date. That was for Monica, not for you, LaCale, okay, right now. Okay, I realize, I know, Mackenzie got thrown under Bertha earlier, and I'm throwing her under it again. But anyway, for Monica, I would say, and whatever the future holds for you, that's just my thought on that. There's an old song you guys know. Uh, George Strait sang it. He talked about selling oceanfront par- property in Arizona. Y'all remember the song? You remember the song? Uh, I'm telling you, as a newsflash, there's no oceanfront property in Arizona. And how I want to apply that is, is there's not going to be a great date in a bunch of slackers. Amen. So, so, so that's my thought here is you won't find awesome in people who are not awesome. So connect with people who are awesome. Work to connect with people who add value. Number four, don't, so this is a strong word. I know, I'm a, give me, I, I don't use this word a lot, but I'm going to use it. Don't be an idiot online. Okay, and here's how I'll apply that, okay? 2021. Companies build profiles, okay? They build, hey, welcome back. Companies build profiles, profiles, personal profiles, studies on who the person is by using social media to do new hiring. And so my thought, my word to you is, if you've been an idiot on Twitter or on TikTok or any other form, I won't say Facebook because that's the old timers, it's out there. There's no taking it back. It's out there. They're going to find it. They're going to they're going to find it. It's there. It's it's a it's a it's a digital footprint. It's been made. So don't 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 lose sight of this. You don't post dumb stuff. Okay? Because they're going to find it. The days of employers not researching your digital uh, footprint are gone. So 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 as the old country song uh, says or new country song actually um, I bet breaking up was easy in the 90s. Yeah, y'all know the song? Y'all heard it recently? Well, the reason I mention that is because I, I grew up in those times, and I know I didn't know anything. But now, hey, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to go through the process of finding the next place God has for you. If you've been dumb out there, they'll find it. So, I, okay, I'm going to move on. <clears throat> Being an adult comes with an obscene amount of paperwork. 
Nobody's going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that up front because you can really mess this up if you're not careful. Hello IRS, hello health insurance, hello resumes, hello contracts, hello good Lord knows what else. It's all in paperwork now. It may be digital and there's these new DocuSign things, but it still doesn't matter. It's a crazy amount of stuff. So don't ignore the paperwork. Stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. Uh, number five, being a, uh, uh, number six, most job security, okay, most job security boils down to paying attention, okay? Man, nobody's going to mention that to you. Your job security, I'm going to talk, you got a scholarship, okay? Your job security and the position you'll earn is paying, just paying attention to the details. Make sure you do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to do it, and it'll pay off. Same for you, Mom, in the future. If you go to Jeff State, anything, whatever the future holds, pay attention. Pay attention to the details. Pay attention. It's estimated that roughly 93% of any job depends on a person's ability to pay attention to the details. And you're looking for that job, not the 7%. So all I'm saying is you can't sleep through it like you did your classes when I was in school. But anyway, I say, so real quick, I'm going to close. Remember, not close, but transition. But um, y'all thought I was fixing to end the message. No, no, I got a message. Hang on. Remember, all of life, all of life, this, that, school, college, all of life, everything is an audition. That's my last word to you. Number seven. All of life is an audition. It make every decision with the next opportunity in mind. Make every decision with the next opportunity in mind. If you get an opportunity to work somewhere and do something, do it as if you know there's going to be another opportunity that will give you a better chance of doing something more that will create more. You understand what I'm saying? Every decision. Every decision needs to be made with the next opportunity in mind. And last, I'll close with this. The one thing I know that God says about your graduating is this. It's in Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a, a future and hope. Father, we just pray that and believe that and agree with that. Just give these graduates so much wisdom and understanding, such a sensitivity. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here we go. I get to preach now. Uh, the, the one. We've been headed towards this few weeks, and so we're going to get back on it. Uh, today's about the 12. Today we're going to dive into who they are, what it looks like. We've been going through these circles of relationships. We've gone from the crowds to the 5,000 to the 70, and now we're getting closer and closer to the inner circle in the relationships that Jesus had and, and the levels of closeness. We remember the crowds. They were the ones there just to spectate, see what they could see. We know the 5,000 were there to have their needs met. That was the whole thing about that group. They just thought, man, if he can do that, I want that. And then we talked about the 70 last week, and we talked about them in light of, I mean, they, they, they moved from spectator to participator, right? So they had gotten into the place they were participating. They were in ministry. They're being sent out. So what set them apart? What happened to the next group? There's a current-day theologian named uh, Leonard Sweet who made this statement about those who Jesus called into relationship, into the, into the 12. He said, Jesus was looking for leaders 
He wasn't looking for leaders. He was looking for followers. Say followers. So Jesus wasn't just looking for people who he could send out. He was looking for people who would follow what he instructed them, what he called them to, what he revealed to them. And so uh, that means after redefining what the word follow meant for the 70, he, Jesus next calls, calls this group into this next inner circle even closer. He, he called the 12 even closer than he had called the 70. Watch this. I'm going to give it to you out of Mark chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 13. I'm going to read it to you. It'll come up on the screen. Mark 3, 13. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those who he de- whom he desired, and they came to him. So listen real quick. It, it, it'd be easy to take this verse right here and immediately pick out the fact that, uh, or, or make a big deal out of those who are left out. Because that's sort of the way we approach life in the 21st century. We make the emphasis on the negative rather than the positive. But I'm not going to do that today. I want you to recognize something here, um, that Jesus called to him. He called out the ones he wanted to go with him. So he he made a specific effort to, to call specific ones to a place. And, and, and whenever, I, whenever I talk about this, I want you to understand, it's important to realize that this calling to the 12, it, it, it's, it's, not about, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about the person, it, it's, it's about his desire. It's about the desire of God, the desire that Jesus had for us to answer a call, uh, to answer the, 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 the motion, the movement into relationship, into a depth of relationship that he was calling to. And notice they came to him, it says. That verse says they came to him. Meaning you have to move, you have to move closer to get to the place he's calling you to. You have to move closer to get to, into the relationship that he wants to have with you. You have to move. You, he called to them and they came to him. We've talked about that continually through these circles of relationship. How there, there's this call to us, and the call is for us to move. And so when we move, he responds. Things happen. Um, Jesus is calling some of you. He's calling some of you into a level of closeness like you've never imagined. He's calling some of you into a, into a, into a depth of relationship that you, ha- you, you never thought was possible. And your only job, the only responsibility that you and I have is to come closer to him. Just come closer to him. Just make an effort to figure out how you can get closer to God. Use his word. It's very talked about and put so much of emphasis on today because that's his word to you and to me. I pray and allow the Spirit to speak to you. We're going to talk about all that in just a second. The verse goes on, makes this statement, though. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And, and, and um, so I'm going to talk about us for a second. Us, the church. We love to say and to sort of express ourselves this way. Oh, where's the power of today? Where's the power of God? Where's the power? I wish we had some of those old Pentecostal revivals where we'd shake the buns out of our head and make us all wuss off. And I'm not against that. I want that. But I I guess my, my thought right here is this. 
Could it be that we've not answered the call to come as close to Jesus as he desires? I mean, it's a good question. Uh, because to do that, we we got to walk away from some stuff. I don't know what that is for you. I don't name what it is. I'm just saying there's things they had to leave, and we'll talk, we're going to look at that. The scripture goes on and says, he, he appointed the twelve, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and, the jo- and John the brother of James, whom he gave the name uh, Benerges, which uh, that is sons of thunder, J- Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and 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 Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Now, let me let me just say a couple things right here. You know why I think this passage is in here? I think that part of this passage is in here because it tells me everyone's called, but not everyone will follow. We're all called. We're all called. Everybody in here is called deeper and deeper and closer and closer in relationship. We're all called. But not everybody's going to go that direction. Not everybody's going to leave the circle of the the, the 5,000 where their needs are met to the place of the 70 where they begin to participate in ministry. Not everybody's going to leave that place to come to a place that we know of the 12, which was a place of surrender. Um, The reason Jesus drew the 12 closer was not to be independent. He didn't do it to get them to be independent. As a matter of fact, when you read this, it says he called them that they might be with him. It was a relational call that they might be with him. He called them closer to be able to have the relationship with them that he was offering, that he wanted with them, that he was trying to give to them. It was, wasn't to be silent. The scripture says he called them that he might send them out to preach. Right? Makes you a little nervous right there, don't you? Preach. Um, I'll, I'll form that this way. Declaring the gospel was their primary focus. Declaring the gospel. So it may not be that you are called to do what I'm doing but the declaration of the gospel is every one of our responsibilities. It's, our, it's primary for us. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, uh, the reason Jesus drew the 12 closer was not, was not to be powerless. He, it says that he called them that they might have authority to cast out demons. So literally, God wants to give us power over darkness. He has given the church, he has given the people of God, he has given the 12 these 12, even the 70 talked about it. Whoa, man, it's amazing. Did you see what happened? I mean, we had authority over the demons. And he said, oh, whoa, don't make it about that. Make it about the fact that your name's written down in the book of life, that there's a relationship here. And so the 12 get called into that same thought and that same experience. The reason I mention this is because the appointment they received was because of a key word in, this, in, in the scriptures. And it's a word that flows throughout the scripture that I mentioned. But the 12 were called to follow, follow. I mean, get so close that when he stepped, they stepped. When he'd stepped, they'd step. To get so close that when he spoke, they would speak. Literally, we had something said about us. I took, a, I took 216 men to an event in Washington, D.C., um, a Promise Keepers event called Stand in the Gap. We gathered, our church gathered and bought, rented buses and gathered men from all over the area. And so we took 216 men 
and took this trip. And I'd been taking, I'd, I'd done this every year, taking busloads of guys to Promise Keepers events. And uh, this one was um, uh, real quick, real stressful, a lot happened. But in the end, comments, a couple of comments made <laughs> that were made about our group that led it because I'd come up with, I mean, we, we broke everybody down into tens. I gave a flag to the leader. He was able to hold his flag up. It had a little number on it. I mean, we're talking about a million people. Okay, we're talking about a million people. And I said, if you get lost, you left. Y'all want to travel with me? I mean, I know that's rough, but I mean, they grown men. I mean, I said, look, you keep up with your flag. If you lose your flag, you get left. You get lost, you get left. Okay, just so, man, you ought to see them guys moving together. I mean, it knocked people down to stay with their flag. It got real serious because we were boarding these, the, the uh, uh, like a MARTA, the, the trains going into the city, into Washington to get dropped off. So there was a lot going on anyway. I, one of the comments that came back was, did y'all notice how all them guys sounded just like him? I picked guys. I picked, I picked 24 guys that I worked with so long that whenever they would say something, they sounded just like me. That was scary. Fun, but it was scary. Why was it scary? I, I don't know, just because it could be 24 more me. Uh, the whole goal was to get to get to the place that 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 what we needed to do got done by everybody. Matthew 4:19, come, follow me. A call, a call to come. Mark 10, 21, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Look, look, yeah, there's a step on our part. There's a step on our part to get in, to get closer, to get into that inner circle. J John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jo John 12, 26, whoever serves me must Follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. We're standing here. Jesus goes here. Where do we go? We go there. Jesus moves here. We, we go there. When he says something, we say something. It, it's, it's a relationship. It's a place of servanthood. Deeper and stronger than anything we've ever known. I'm, I'm called to be a follower, not a leader. I know it's weird right now for some of the guys, maybe even on the board, because I'll say, what do y'all think? You're the pastor. What? No, no. I know I am, but I'm trying to follow Jesus. I want to hear what y'all think, because you're trying to follow Jesus. And if we all think we're following Jesus the same direction, we're probably all going to go to the same point. Amen? So what we understand, that's the church. I say that to people. What do you think? What do I, want, I want input. I don't mind being a dictator. But I want to make sure that I've gotten everybody's input before I make the decision. Y'all are laughing. If you like that one, didn't you, Joy? I mean, I don't mean that rudely. I'm just saying somebody got to make the decision. But I want to make sure everybody's had input. Everybody's had a chance to share. Everybody's had, and I value every thought. And we all need to understand Jesus wasn't a dictator, but he had a plan, and he wanted those who followed him to be in the plan and to walk and to move and to speak and to respond the way he would respond. That's why when the 12 got called, it was unique because it wasn't just a call to get into ministry and to participate. It was called a surrender. The call to follow Jesus changed my passions, my pursuit, 
following him meant leaving other things behind. I've told y'all the story about, and I, I shared it Wednesday night, about how the opportunity I had to become a highway patrolman in Mississippi, just very few at that time were getting the opportunity. I had the opportunity, but I was called. I knew I was called. I knew I couldn't. It wasn't an option. The 12 left the life they knew, the voc- their vocations, their homes, their comforts, just to follow Jesus. That doesn't mean we have to leave everything we're doing right now. That just means we have to value him over all those things. We have to value his will, his plan, his purpose. Just to get closer to him would be our goal every day. Lord, how do I get closer? What do I need to do? I, I want to hear. I want to hear your heartbeat. How close are you to being a follower this week? And, and I won't lie to you. This one, the 12, this level of closeness, this is a difficult one. I believe this is the most Difficult level of closeness to enter into. Man, the crowd's easy. The 5,000, getting your needs met, everybody's for that. The 70, the 70, I mean, who doesn't want to participate? Once you see what's going on, you want in on that. But 12, 12's hard. That means I've got to value my relationship with Christ over everything. That's hard. That's difficult. But listen, the fact is, I'm going to give you a word here. This is the word for the for the for the apostle. This is the word for the one of the twelve, the ones who were singled out. This is a word for all of us, and we get to choose whether or not we're going to do this. But I believe the difference between the 70 and the 12 is in the word ask. Ask. Luke 11.10 said, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Now watch this. I'm going to give you a verse here. It's Matthew 7. I'm going to give you four verses, five verses from chapter 7, beginning verse 7. And I believe this is the key. I believe this is the key. This, uh, it, we said the key's following, but the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word for the disciple, the word for an apostle, the word for the ones in the 12, the word for the ones who he's called out and singled out and said, hey, I want you to do that. I've got something special for you. The word for you is the word ask. Listen to it. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to... Give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him?
our most important practice in the 12 in this circle. So for me to enter into this circle, I have to choose to follow and be willing to turn my back on everything else, whatever that looks like. But once I get in that circle, the most important practice in this circle is action. It's action. Ask and you'll receive. A. Seek and you'll find. F. Knock and the door will be open. J. Don't don't change direction. Six. Come on now. Don't, don't let anything keep you from believing that God wants to answer your prayers. Don't let any circumstances cause you to think God doesn't care about the moment, the situation you're in, the struggle you're in, the, the pressure you feel. The, don't let anything keep you from asking, God, is this the job opportunity? Is this the is this a move? Is this the, the purpose you have for me? Is this your plan? Don't let anything keep you from asking. Ask, 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 ask. In the 12, we're always doing one of two things. So this is, the, this, this is where the real challenge is at. In the 12, we're always doing one of two things. One of two things. We're either following or we're falling. I mean, you're either in it and step for step with him, or, or you're falling back. You're getting left behind. You're not doing what you're supposed to do to stay in step, to be where you're supposed to be. And, and I'm going to end with this little warning right here. And I want you to be thinking about what you should be asking for. I want you to be thinking about this in terms of, well, if I'm a real follower, if, I'm a, if I claim to be a follower, is there something I hadn't asked for? Am I not asking the right questions? Am I not doing the right thing? God, what is it that I should be asking for? What is it that I should be focused on? And, and so I'm just going to give this warning because I want you to see how the enemy traps us into the fall. Okay? Because I think we're trapped into falling. I think we're, we're misled and it causes us to fall. There's things that cause us to stumble on this path. And it's a warning because I think leaving the 12 is not as uncommon as we would think it would be. Maybe the most famous betrayer in America, in American history, is Benedict Arnold during the American Revolutionary War. But maybe the most famous worldwide betrayer, world-renowned betrayer in world history, is Judas Iscariot. Judas, so here's the, I mean, this, this gives me chills every time I think about it. Judas showed, Judas showed the same loyalties and qualities for Christ as all the other 12. I read the list. He was in it. He had been called to Christ. Matter of fact, Judas had been called by Christ to be in the 12, and he had left his vocation in order to follow Jesus. He did all the right things. He did all the right things. He entered in the way he was supposed to. He answered the call. He moved in step. 
Jesus was so trusted that he had been given oversight of their treasury. But somewhere along the way, something went bad wrong. Something happened. Something happened in him, in his thought process, in his steps. Something happened that caused him to trip, that caused him to stumble, that made him lose step. And what it would take to get back in step, he undoubtedly just chose not to do. To the point that Jesus predicted Judas' betrayal. Jesus saw it coming. I don't know if it was a divine revelation or if it was the gradual disconnect. Because I think that's what happens to us. I think there, I think this, I think there's things that happen that cause us to discount the value of the relationship. And as we gradually disconnect, we're falling further and further back. Judas fell so far that he literally sold Jesus out. Sold. Sold him out. Remember, what was it, 30 pieces? Sold him out. Sold him out. Fell so far they sold him out. Was money that important to Judas? Doesn't look like he left everything to follow Jesus. Was his motive wrong whenever he started? Because he thought, well, if I do this, this, and this, I'll get the treasure and I'll have control of the money. I can do what I want to do. I, doesn't look like. I don't think that would have happened with those other guys that were around him. They trusted him just like Jesus trusted him. I mean, we're talking about Jesus. He knows everything. Right? I'm not saying anyone here is going to do that. I just, I just want you to be aware of this truth. But here, here's the verse. This is a staggering verse. It's in Luke 22, verse 3. It says, Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples. That's scary. I mean, I pray for a lot of people who've been oppressed by the enemy. I prayed for some demon-possessed people who prayed them through and saw them delivered. Uh, that verse should bother us because that was a disciple. <laughs> that was a disciple. What could cause our faith to unravel in Judas' grip? What could cause our faith to fail, to fall? What if I tell you losing our sense of what's important What if I say to you this morning, those online, all you who are listening, what if I say to you, losing our sense of what's really important? Because there's a verse, Luke 22, that goes on after Satan entered Judas and the plan came together. It's in verse 47. It says, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples, and Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. So, losing our sense of what's really important will lead to this. You ready? 
And this is the danger for every disciple. And I give you this word as a warning, and then I'm going to open it up and say in this altar call, what do you need to be asking today? Here's, the, here's what led to it. Here's what it led to. Losing the sense of what's really important led to faith as a religion and not as a relationship. The only way you walk up and kiss Jesus and be a betrayer, a liar, a cheater, and all that other stuff is if you see it as a religion. Because you can't kiss on him if, he's, if you're in a relationship and be out of, be out of touch with him, be, not be in step with him. You hear me? You listening to me? Peter fell. But Christ knew it was coming and told him, hey, I prayed for you. You're going to make it. That's his word, stuff. Look, I know where you are, Jesus said. I know there's been some difficult things, and I know what you're going to see is going to call you to fall back a little bit further. But hang on, I prayed. I prayed for you. You're going to make it. So my question this morning is, what do you need to be asking for to make sure that you don't fall? What do you need to be asking for? What's going on in your life that you need to bring to the altar and say, Lord, I'm, I'm surrendering this. I, I, I need your help with it. I, I, need, I need you to move in my life. I need you to touch me, Lord. I want to stay in step with you. I want to hear your spirit speak to me. I want to know your word in a way that it becomes a sword in my hands against the one who would love to possess me. The devil would love to enter in. He can do it to a disciple. He can do it to us. Especially if we gradually, 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 gradually disconnect. What is it you need to surrender? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Why don't we just stand? Let's just get right down to business. If you're here this morning, and I say this to the people online, if you're here, you're watching, and you're, 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 you're listening, and God's pricking your heart and checking your spirit and there's a word that has been spoken in you about following and that you know you need to get closer to Jesus you can do it right where you are all you got to do is get on your knees just as an act of surrender and just lift your hands to the heavens and just say Lord I need your help I need you I'm asking right now you said if I ask I can receive if I seek I'll find if I knock the door will be open I'm asking I'm seeking I'm knocking I need you to show up in my life, to show up in this struggle I'm having. I surrender it to you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning and that's you, I just want you to bring that thing to the altar. I want you to visibly, physically take in your, in, 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 as an act of faith because of the relationship you have with Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've got something that you need to surrender in this altar. You need to give up. You need to turn loose. You need to be asking. You need to be asking about it. You need to be asking this morning. If there's something you need to be asking this morning, I want you to bring it to this altar right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Well, Jesus is calling have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Because Jesus is calling. 
Just love. 